everybody. Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. I'm Mallory. I'm Ashley. We are back this week with another mini episode. Since I was gone for the better part of this last intermediate period, we're just going to give you a couple shorter stories today. Mm-hmm. What's new? Hmm. I'm going to Monster Jam tomorrow. I'm so excited to see pictures. <laughs> I can't wait. I know I that I'm for going you to go. <laughs> I'm probably going to spend upwards of $100 on swag. Yeah, yeah. Because I do want to get some pretty trashy t-shirts and stuff. Hell yeah. Other than that, well, we went to a birthday party today. Adrian had a couple friends that had a birthday celebration, and it was so cute to watch a bunch of three-year-olds who go to school together, like, interact. Because you don't get to see it at school. Yeah. You know? So it's so nice to see it's really cute. That's so um, cute. Let's see. What else? Labor Day weekend was nice. The weather on Saturday was so perfect. Yeah. It was so cool in the morning. We went on a walk. And, like, everyone that was outside walking were just like in the best mood like everyone was talking to everyone like everyone was like saying hello to us or <laughs> smiling at adrian it was what? like a disney movie that's so weird and i feel like everyone was so happy because it wasn't so fucking hot yeah that's probably what it was because usually people just stare straight ahead yeah like whatever yeah fuck that <laughs> but everyone on saturday was just like it was like, bonjour, bonjour, <laughs> yeah. bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, Saturday was great. The weather was great. I feel like, I don't remember if Sunday was the same. It pretty much turned back to hell on earth. Yeah. But I think we're getting closer and closer to fall, which is my fave. Our one week long fall. Yeah. And then it'll be winter. And then it'll be fall again in the middle of winter. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's not as pretty because it's already dead. Yeah. Well, I know you had some fun on Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Tell us about it. (laughs) So we went to DragonCon, the big nerd convention in Atlanta. We got an Airbnb, stayed there from Thursday to Tuesday. And uh, honestly, like, I feel like it was the most uneventful DragonCon I ever had. Just because I... Like, we didn't get up early to go see anything. We always got there in, like, the afternoon. It was so goddamn hot most of the time. And I'm just over standing outside in a line. I'm yeah. not going to do it anymore. Oh, I didn't know I'm that not doing was a, it. a thing you did. Yeah, absolutely. What? Yeah, to go see, like, a panel or whatever. Outside they outside. make you stand? Why? Mm-hmm. Just to, like, not congest the buildings, I guess. Because there's so many freaking people. It's, like, 75,000 people that go. Mm-hmm. So... So I did eventually get to see one panel that I did want to see. I told you that it was a voice actors panel that had some people that did like, well, first of all, the the guy that plays Doug from the cartoon. Yeah. (laughs) Did he look like Doug? No. Hell no. He's such a weird looking person, honestly. You have to Google him. (laughs) Well, Doug looks weird. He has like a huge bubble nose and like. Yeah, but this guy looks like an alien. Like he looks so weird. He has like the biggest head I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, and he's also a lot of characters in, like, Futurama and 
Oh, I can't fucking remember what else. Anyway, there's a guy that did a lot of voices on SpongeBob and one guy that is the brain and Pinky and the brain. Oh my God. And oh yeah, Billy West, the guy that does Doug, he's also Ren from Ren and Stumpy. Oh, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like <coughs> doing that maybe. <coughs> Man, oh my God. that hurt. So it's just weird to, like, see these people that you've literally heard since you were a kid. Yeah. Like, you've heard their voice since you were a kid. Yeah. So bizarre. That's so cool. But, yeah, it was really neat. But the weird thing this year was, because of the writer's strike, they couldn't talk about any of their current projects mm. or really past projects in detail. So it was kind of more of just, like, questions about them, like, in their life and, like, hmm, that's kind of whatever. Nice, and they played, like, a little improv game and stuff like that. So, yeah. It was still cool. Anyway, uh, what else? We did a lot of drinking. (laughs) Did you know that when you go to a bar nowadays and you get like a, I got like a double whiskey and Diet Coke, Mm -hmm. at least $25. Are you sure it's not because it was Dragon Con? Well, the last time I went to a concert with Houston, it was the same way. Oh, it's those types of things that are events. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like if you were to be at like a a normal person that socializes outside of events and went to a bar, it'd be like, you know, I'm pretty sure it'd be like not that much. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I was just like, this is more than I'm paying for my food. Like, That's awful. It's crazy. So we bought (laughs) two handles of vodka Mm -hmm. and... One of us carried a backpack around the entire time, and we just bought bottles of Coke and fucking drank vodka and Coke. That's just smart. It was Coke Zero, but yeah. But we got really drunk. Brent was out of commission most of the day Saturday. He needs to chill out. Didn't know if he... He never drinks. That's his problem. And he way overdid it. And he was throwing up most of the day Saturday. That's just how I see him. What do you mean? Well, because, like, every time we actually hang out, like, we're typically drinking. Like, remember at Daniel's wedding? Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. I completely forgot and about so, that. so, like, that's my, like, Brent baseline. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> that was so horrible. We yeah. were trying. I was trying to get packed up to catch our freaking flight. We were running late as hell. Yeah. And bad. Brent was in the bathroom puking and shitting his brains out. And we had to drive like so many windy roads that we had to pull over and so he could puke on the way oh my god and then he had the audacity to be like i need food and i was like the end i could see the end of the line like going into the i was like we do not have time he was like they'll they won't leave us i'm like yes they fucking will yes they will what are you talking about dude (laughs) fights all the time yeah i was like no we're going right now and so he was super fucking mad at me oh my god and then he ordered this thing on the plane it was like some like bratwurst sandwich thing worst decision ever it stank up the entire plane like seriously i'm sure he wasn't the only one that ordered it but that particular dish made the whole plane smell that reminds me of that delta flight that man (laughs) was flying to like barcelona and (laughs) he like diarrheaed all throughout the airplane and they had to turn around because it was a biohazard oh my god dude i really hope they weren't that far I hope not either, because holy shit, no pun intended, but also kind of, like, I would, 
I wouldn't be surprised if the entire ride back, people were just throwing up in their seats. Oh, my Can you God. imagine? Oh, my God. It's already bad enough when someone someone blows up the bathroom in a plane. Like, or just lets out a little just too. Just It's yeah. bad. There's no circulation of air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a flight attendant one time when we were um, <laughs> getting off the plane. It was when I went to uh, Toronto, but we were back in Atlanta. And... <laughs> somebody farted and it smelled so bad and it was like thick you know like terrible cut it with a knife and the flight attendant she was standing close to me and she just was like (laughs) and i I started kind of laughing i was like that's bad and she was like it happens all the fucking time (laughs) yes that's amazing (laughs) it was it was the best i love her so much (laughs) i felt so bad for her that's awful (laughs) Yeah, every time my husband travels, he will text me, like, there's farters on the plane again. <laughs> it's, like, just yeah. a thing in our relationship at this point. It's, like, you got it's any hit plane? or miss, too. <laughs> you got sometimes, any farters? Yes. Yeah. You'll have a, a great flight with no farters, and then sometimes it'll just be fart the entire time. But the other, I think it was, like, maybe, I don't know, somewhat recently, he went on a flight and he admitted to me that he was the plane <gasps> he farter. He was the farter? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I filed paperwork for, for divorce. divorce. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. That's funny. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh. oh, man. Besides that, nothing is really going I. My mom came and stayed while oh, we yeah. were gone. Did and... you do donuts in your clothes sack? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny though. That was a good memory of her freaking the hell out. <laughs> she was, kept saying, "Thank you so much for letting me stay here and get away." Aww. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like, no, thank you." Yeah, I mean, I mean, she was the perfect person to do it because she wanted to. So yeah, that's great, <laughs> and had time. So yeah. Nice. Anyways, I think Ashley is going to start us off. I'm going to start us off. All right. What you got? Mallory? Yes? I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. Ooh, I can't wait then. So it's kind of like a history lesson slash ghost story. Ooh. And it also happens to be a local legend to us. (gasps) I'm so curious now. Okay, tonight I'm going to tell you all about... Lake Lanier. Oh, hell yeah. Yay. That's a good one. Have you ever been there? Yes, a lot. Because we used to live over there, like, not that far. So, yeah, I've been there several times. And I had my 13th birthday party at the Lake Lanier Islands water park. Okay. (laughs) Did you get a staph infection? No. Okay. (laughs) Thankfully. I've never been. I don't think. It's just a fucking... on the outside, it's just a fucking lake. Yeah. I Honestly, I like Alatuna better. But I thought, like, something about summer coming to an end. We just had Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And spooky season on the horizon made it feel like the perfect time to talk about this. Yes. Not to mention, I didn't even know this. This is perfect timing because there's going to be a horror movie coming out soon called Lanier. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. And it's loosely based off the history of the lake. And it's coming out, I think, I mean, I think next week. Oh, shit. So 
I mean, I think it's going to be video on demand, and then I think I saw that it'll be, like, on Amazon for free or some streaming platforms. Okay. But I'm definitely going to buy it and watch it because, I don't know. So yeah. This is, this is the movie poster. I definitely want to see that. Well, I was initially planning on doing a full episode for this. I did want to go. I was, like, thinking, like, oh, I'm going to go to Lake Lanier and, like, <laughs> do some research. I don't know. Like, what would I see? Some fat white people sitting on the beach? Yes, probably. you would. That's um, exactly what you would say. <laughs> but then Mallory said, could we pop out a mini? And I just made the decision to show some restraint <laughs> and keep this somewhat high level, but not really. I was about to say, how much restraint <laughs> did you actually show? Because on our minis, you always go all out anyway. Well, I mean, I did it all in a day, so I guess somewhat. <laughs> yeah. And I was at a birthday party, so like it wasn't like I was working all day. So show me some grace. I will. If I miss any details. I do have, I'll save this till the end, but a crazy story that I want to tell about Lake Lanier too. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. So Lake Lanier has been top of mind for me all summer because it feels like every other week we hear news of yet another death or drowning on the lake. Yep. And it feels like most of the deaths are always under bizarre or mysterious circumstances. It's it, it's literally insane. If you live here, you would know yeah. that the other lakes in the state do not get the media coverage because it's just Lake Lanier that has so much fucking bizarre drowning incidences and like yeah. just weird shit goes on there. I mean, I don't know if it's because oh. there's so much hype. I have more stories. Okay, I cannot wait. (laughs) I don't know if it's because there's so much, like, hype recently with, like, this movie coming out or Mm -hmm. the fact that, like, this story about the lake has been, I don't know. I feel like it's always been that way, though. Really? Like, I feel like every year I hear so many, maybe not, like, all bizarre instances, but just, like, the only lake that you hear of, like, Drowning after drowning after drowning is like Lanier. Yeah. I was looking at that. I was looking at the rate of deaths and like the amount of deaths on Lake Lanier. And then I was like, is this one of the most dangerous lakes in the U.S.? And I like was doing all this research on lakes in general, lakes around the world. That could be a whole episode on its own. Oh, shit. Lakes around the world. There's some really fucking weird lakes. Oh, my God. Um, That'd be so cool. But it's... I don't know. I'll just get into this. Okay. I'm going to start with just a few quick facts about the lake, but not quick at all. I wrote that before I finished the segment, and it wasn't quick. (laughs) (laughs) What am I talking about? (laughs) Lake Lanier is a man-made reservoir, and it can be found northeast of Atlanta, Georgia. It spans five counties, Hall, Forsyth, Dawson, Gwinnett, and Lumpkin. And has about 692 miles of shoreline. For those outside of the U.S., that is 1,114 kilometers. That was so considerate I know. I like to be inclusive. (laughs) The main reason the lake was created was to control flooding from the nearby Chattahoochee River. The river starts in North Georgia in the Blue Ridge Mountains and flows southwest to Atlanta and through the suburbs, where it eventually turns due south to form the southern half of the Georgia-Alabama state line. So the Chattahoochee flows through a series of reservoirs and artificial lakes, and one of those is Lake Lanier. The lakes have done a pretty good job preventing flooding from the river, but there have been a few instances where the Dookie River couldn't be stopped. 
The what river? The Dookie River. The Chattahoochee River. Oh, I was like, wait, is there really a river called the Dookie River? Well, everyone I have never who lives in Georgia knows that the Chattahoochee River is Dookie. Well, apparently I didn't. Oh. <laughs> it's just dirty. Yeah. And pretty gross. Oh. And I think there was like at one point Ew. like a sewage spill or something. Oh god. It smells and I've it's been bad. in that. I've been in that river. I've been in it once. I tubed. I, I tubed. <laughs> yeah, I tubed too. So they're they call it shooting the hooch. Yes. And it's where people like caravan tube tie your tubes together yeah. tie your tubes <laughs> they, hyster- they get hysterectomies they, they get tubal the- ligation <laughs> <laughs> you should do that for your birthday like shoot the hooch but call it Mallory's tubal ligation party <gasps> oh my god that's actually not a bad idea anyway um, we'll just have to wear full wetsuits because <laughs> I don't want to get any staph infection yeah for real but yeah, it's the the river is really cold and people do that. So the lakes have done a pretty good job with preventing floods. This is a little off topic, but do you remember that huge flood in 2009? Do I ever remember that huge flood in 2009 because I was with you the entire time <laughs> and we got fucking stuck in the road. Oh yeah. Do you remember we got stuck at that intersection? Oh my god. Because it was like I think it was Highway closed the fuck down. Yeah, I have a picture of that coming up. Oh my god. So guys, there was a freaking insane flood flood in Georgia. It was caused by seven days of prolonged rainfall. And here I got some pictures. The thing I remember vividly is seeing this picture everywhere. It's truly a sight to behold. Mm -hmm. It's a photo of a roller coaster at Six Flags, and it is mostly submerged underwater. Like your fun here. Oh, <laughs> Ashley wrote six flags over Georgia, but crossed out over Georgia and then put underwater. <laughs> I know I know it's funny. <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> few pictures pulled up for Mallory. She's already said Duncan. So there was a Duncan Donuts (laughs) on a major highway that we would drive. And it was like, I just remember this picture. It was like super flooded. Yeah. Highway over here. Super flooded. Yep. Six Flags over Georgia. 80% of the great American scream machine was underwater. That's crazy. These are the type of tangents I go on. Um... (laughs) Just FYI, because I like to tell you more facts. Ten people died in this flash flood, and thousands of homes and businesses were destroyed. Approximately $500 million in damages were reported. People were said to have been clinging to trees for their lives for hours, while some were swept away with rushing waters. Hundreds were rescued from homes and cars via boats. And major interstates had closures along with approximately 300 roads with closures or complete destruction. I bet 285 was totally fucked because that shit closes down for flooding in a regular rainstorm. Yeah. I was just thinking about Six Flags, like this roller coaster submerged 80% Mm -hmm. of the way. I don't think they did anything to like 
I don't think they tore that down. Dude, and that is a <laughs> wooden roller coaster. That is a rickety ass. Does that How still is it exist? still? I, don't know. I think it does, but I'm not sure. Anyway, back to Lake Lanier. <laughs> <laughs> While the lake's intended purpose was for flood control and hydroelectricity, it is known mostly as a destination for recreation. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is where I have my birthday party, bitches. Is this what you remember? I let me see. I, that's the wave pool. I remember the wave pool. Wait, that's the wave pool. There's two different. I don't know. Yep. Anyway, I would, I would think that's the wave pool. Yes. There's a lazy river somewhere near there. Is this like poor man's whitewater? Probably. I've actually never been to whitewater, so I have no idea. <gasps> I have only been to Lake Lanier Islands Water Park. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Boaters, jet skiers, and families flock to Lake Lanier for fun in the sun, or what I hear it commonly referred to as lake life. Oh, God. (laughs) Over 10 million people visit the lake annually. There are countless marinas, campgrounds, resorts, and even a water park called Lanier Islands, which is where Mallory had her 13th birthday party. (laughs) It was the year 2000. The new millennium. It's true. But at Lanier Islands, they had a Margaritaville. Did they have that when you... No, I do not remember the Margaritaville. So Margaritaville was described as a lakefront paradise inspired by the lyrics and lifestyle of singer, songwriter, and award-winning author Jimmy Buffett. May he rest in peace. (laughs) Agreed. I wrote that too. (laughs) I looked it up on TripAdvisor and lakefront paradise, it's not. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. This is what the beaches at Lake Lanier look like. I got some pictures pulled up from Mallory of TripAdvisor photos of Lanier Islands. Fucking huge screen. That was definitely not there either. It looks like a fucking um, racetrack or something. It's so jank, dude. It looks so shitty. Here's one review. The water park is overpriced and looks like a tired 1980s Chevy Chase movie. The food at the restaurant is overpriced, and they were out of many items. The service was extremely slow, and we were told the kitchen was backed up, though the restaurant wasn't even half full. Once we got our food, we realized we made an expensive mistake. It was an overall disappointment, and I do not recommend going. <laughs> Damn. Despite this being a popular destination, the air around Lake Lanier can feel somewhat unsettling. People have reported the feeling of the air being sucked out of their lungs while in the lake. Others have claimed to have felt something pulling them under the water or away from the shoreline. Estimates suggest that nearly 700 people have died at Lake Lanier since its creation in 1956, with some of the more deadly years claiming over 20 lives. There are countless tragic stories of drownings, but what makes them strange is that it's very common for them to occur close to the shore and in calm weather. Many victims were also said to be strong swimmers. Many have experienced near-death experiences in Lake Lanier and have reported the feeling of being dragged beneath the water by invisible hands. Oh my god. I have Fuck off, dude. Fuck off. Yeah, that's fucking fucked up. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) No. I'm almost like don't want to swim in a lake anymore ever again anyway. I don't either. Fucking brain-eating or flesh-eating amoebas and all that crap. Yeah. It's just gross. Yeah. 
The Georgia DNR attributes most of the deaths to drownings and experts point to excessive alcohol use and the sheer volume of visitors to make sense of the growing number of deaths. But many Georgians believe the lake is haunted due to its haunting past. What is this haunting past, you may ask? (laughs) Do you know? It's because there's a fucking city buried under there, right? There's a little bit more to it. Do you know that? Oh, really? No. Okay. So, 34 years before the lake's construction was approved, something incredibly disturbing happened in a town where Lake Lanier now sits. The town was called Oscarville and was located in Forsyth County. To understand what was going on in the South during this era... I feel like I should give a little extra background history for anyone who needs a refresher or isn't familiar with U.S. history. The United States had a civil war which began on April 12, 1861. The war was between the Union, which was the North, and the Confederacy, which was the South. The Confederacy was made up of states that had succeeded from the Union due to disagreements. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the cause of the war was over slavery and whether or not it should be permitted to expand into the Western territories. The Union wanted to eradicate slavery, and the Confederacy wanted to keep it and expand it into more states. The Civil War ended on May 26, 1865, with the Confederacy surrendering. I have done, like, the whole ancestry thing and, like, trace back my lineage and all that kind of crap and unfortunately obviously since my family is from here Mm -hmm. have confederate soldier ancestors yeah i you know in the u.s you learn about the civil war and Mm -hmm. like all throughout your school years even in university yep and i mean i never i was just like okay civil war whatever but like now as an adult you think about wars <clears throat> and it's just wild to me that we had a civil war. It is wild. And it's and it was over that. And even more wild that it was about enslaving people. Yes. That that's insane to me. So when I kind of got into the story and it like related back to the civil war, I I don't know. I was just like, "Whoa." I mean, I knew all of this stuff, but like just now at this age, I don't know. Well, you don't appreciate fuck all when you're a kid yeah you're just like wow what does this what does this mean get me out of here yeah i want to play nintendo fuck if my great 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 grandfather had a slave just get me out of here well it didn't even seem like a real thing it doesn't it doesn't seem real that's the thing it seems so far detached you don't think about your relatives having participated in this shit well honestly it felt like a story in a book yeah which is what it was but like now that we're adults and we actually see the the reality of the world and like some of yes. the terrible things that happen and like and we live amongst people who still defend the shit. Oh my god, I get to that. Like it just makes it so much more wow. Yes. That leads me to FYI, the Confederacy was formed on February 8th, 1861. And only lasted four years. My God, that's 102 years exactly before my mother was born. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) You should tell her it was the same day the Confederacy was born. She'd be like, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Not really. No. (laughs) Not really. She'd be like, whatever. Yeah. She'd be like, Mallory, you're weird. So the Confederacy only lasted four years. That blows my fucking mind because I never knew that until I was an adult. I'm sure I was told that as a kid, but it never, 
I didn't yeah. retain that information. Same. You know, when I f- fucking figured that out is when people started tearing down the Confederate statues and monuments and stuff a few years ago. Yeah. I was like, so, was it really this short of a fucking time period? Yeah. What the fuck? Which is why I believe it is absolutely ridiculous when people defend the Confederate flag claiming that it's purely just a part of their Southern heritage. Yeah. Because it really? was literally just four fucking years of life. And also, yeah. also, it's tied to just slavery. Yeah. And you yeah. lost the war. Yeah. So what do you... What are you holding on to there? Really? You didn't you didn't win. And you're advocating for enslaving another member of your own human race. Like what are you doing? Yeah, like people are like, I'm not racist. I just believe in preserving history. No. You want to fly a, a Confederate flag off your truck because you want to preserve history? Or are don't you think, trying to say something? You're making a statement Dude. that don't fucking approach me if you're any color other than white. That is all I see. So basically, to me, and I think it's a fact, but Confederacy, <laughs> the Confederacy is its flag and everything else. It's army. It's purely for slavery. Yeah, it is. After the Civil War, black slaves in the South were emancipated and granted citizenship through constitutional amendments. But by the turn of the 20th century, all Southern states took American rights away from blacks by passing constitutions and other laws to impede voter registration and voting. Which is just... It's insane how fucking hard people fought for the most heinous shit. I know, they're just like... What the fuck? And they just did not stop. No. And they still won't stop. Decades. Yeah. And decades. <laughs> and they're still kind of like still lurking remnants. around. Yeah. Still remnants. <sighs> I hate it. It's terrible. I, it, it, and nothing screams more uneducated or like unable to think for yourself than people who still follow these like ideals and stuff this far out. From I, when it happened. I see people like that and I think like they're bugs or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> like little bugs. They yeah. Can't think. They're just like Yeah. I don't know. Like Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, totally. They that's what my point was, is they're not really using their brains at all. <laughs> In addition, Southern legislators passed laws imposing racial segregation in public facilities. And these Jim Crow customs remained until the Civil Rights Movement in 1965. Most black people in rural parts of the South worked as sharecroppers on white-owned land and were seldom able to get free from poverty. Man, I haven't heard the word sharecroppers in a long time. I know, that was a buzzword in history class. (laughs) But basically what it meant was they were, what is it called, indentured servants? Yeah, where they, but I think, wasn't it where they could actually grow their own stuff? But they would have to, like, work. I don't remember. Don't ask me. This is, see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sharecropping is a legal arrangement with regard to agricultural land in which a landowner allows a tenant to use the land in return for a share of the crops produced on that that's land. That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that makes sense. The 1906 Atlanta race riot was waged by whites against blacks and reflected tensions in a city that was rapidly changing. You said what? What year? The 1906 Atlanta race riot. I need to do some research. I've heard of this stuff, but it's been so long. And like this all dredged up stuff. Yeah. So that's like 30 years after 
the Civil War. Yeah. But, you know, the South, like, not a whole bunch changed after that. Yeah. Because they, they had workarounds. They still were trying their fucking hardest to yeah. keep the black man down. Of course. The 1906 Atlanta race riot was waged by whites against blacks and reflected tensions in a city that was rapidly changing. Dr. Ansel Strickland, a doctor in Cumming, Georgia, wrote a first-hand account saying that hundreds of black people were killed by whites in the Atlanta riot. The rate of lynchings of blacks by whites in Georgia and the South had been high since the late 19th century, and accounts of lynchings were regularly published in the local papers, often maintaining that the blacks were guilty either of a crime or a poor attitude. Wouldn't they, like, have people come watch that shit, too? It was illegal, but they still managed to do it. Yeah, yeah. Lynchings were a means by whites to enforce white supremacy in social affairs and ensure that blacks stayed in line. So fucked up. So history lesson over, but back to Oscarville. I'm so interested in this. Yeah. The small town of Oscarville was once a bustling turn-of-the-century community and a beacon for black culture in the South. Prior to the incident I'm about to discuss, the black community was thriving in Oscarville, holding jobs as carpenters, blacksmiths, and bricklayers with farming as the top trade. A fucking course. I I don't really know exactly how this all went down, but a fucking course, a black community is the one that ended up at the bottom of the fucking lake. Mm -hmm. There's another, I saw a TikTok one time. It's like a, about Central Park or something like that. Where there was a black community and they just like wiped it out. Get out of here. We got to build our park. Yeah. But that was in New York. So, I mean, that's crazy. I don't know. It's not just limited to the South. I know. That's true. That's very true. But God, it sucks so bad. I know. It's awful. So Oscarville, you know, was doing well. There was a black community that was thriving. They had all sorts of jobs and they were just doing their thing. But a terrible series of events changed all that for the black community in Oscarville. On the night of September 5th, 1912, a white woman named Ellen Grice said that a black man entered her bedroom. The woman woke up and screamed, which caused the man to flee. Within days, Forsyth County Sheriff William Reed detained Tony Howell as a suspect, along with alleged accomplices Johnny Bates, Fate Chester, Isaiah Perkle, and Joe Rogers. The five black men were placed in the small Forsyth County Jail located near the Cumming Town Square. Sorry, guys. Cumming is a name in Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. And it's spelled like you don't want it to be spelled. Yeah. But that's just how it goes. It it is a city, and I have been there many times, and my cousin lives there. (laughs) (laughs) After the news came out about the attack on Ellen Grice, a black preacher at a local coming church by the name of Grant Smith suggested that the victim was a sorry white woman. It was typical for the black community to be blamed for any sort of crime at this time, and the comment spoke to that. But rumors spread of what the preacher had said, and outraged whites horsewhipped the preacher until law officers rescued him and brought Smith to a courthouse to prevent any further violence. Guards were stationed at the courthouse to prevent the angry mobs from storming their way in. Grant Smith was later transferred out of the town for his safety, and no one was ever arrested or tried for his assault. Transferred out of the town. It's like, wow, why do you have to fucking leave? Like, this is my town. He didn't (laughs) do anything. 
what the hell? More rumors started to spread of a group of black people at a church barbecue planning to dynamite the town, which led to armed white men patrolling the town on horseback. Christ. God. Tensions were high, and the governor called in the National Guard to keep the peace. Jesus. Three days after the incident with Ellen Grice, an 18-year-old white woman went missing near Cumming. Her name was May Crow. It was said that she was walking from her home to her aunt's house, which was near Browns Bridge Road on the Forsyth Hall County line. I know exactly where that is. Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. Yes. The Shane Company. (laughs) (laughs) The Shane Company. (laughs) On September 9th, 1912, a day after she was reported missing, searchers found May in some secluded woods about one mile from her house. She was face down in a pool of blood, and her throat had been slashed. Oh, God. She was still alive, but just barely. Oh, wow. But just barely. One of the people that had been searching for May discovered a small pocket mirror in the woods. No report on the proximity from the body, but it was said that it belonged to a 16-year-old black boy named Ernest Knox. How did anyone fucking know that? I don't know. There's no explanation. Okay. They just said it belonged to him, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But... He was arrested at his home and was then subjected to a form of torture known as mock lynching. Oh, God. What, what does that mean? Where they pretend like they're going to lynch you. They, like, oh. probably put a bag over your head, put a noose around your neck. and Probably, like, I think, tighten it, loosen it, tighten it, loosen it. I bet it they were in, interrogating him. So while undergoing this torture, Ernest ended up confessing to having attacked Macro. Of course. Yeah. He's going to say anything to get out of it. <laughs> Right. And he's how old? 16. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's so young. He's probably just like, let me just get the fuck out of this. Well, he's probably so scared. Like. Exactly. He would say anything to get them to stop. Right. They probably said, we won't do it if you just admit it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, I'm speculating. But it doesn't seem likely. I don't know. Yeah. There's not enough details here in this report to suggest that he actually did this. Upon further interrogation on Ernest Knox, he reported that he had struck the victim with a rock and dragged her down a gully in the woods, where he allegedly assaulted her with a rock and raped her. He told police he came back later with three acquaintances, 17-year-old Oscar Daniel and his 22-year-old sister Jane, and Jane's boyfriend, 24-year-old Rob Edwards. The men reportedly satisfied their lustful passions on the victim and then left her for dead not a chance the girlfriend came with her boyfriend so that her boyfriend could rape a dead girl or i don't know if she's dead at that point but she wasn't but that's also a rock like her throat was slit yeah none of it adds up when word spread of the attack a white lynch mob formed outside of the jail which led the police to transport Ernest Knox to Atlanta to prevent a lynching. However, the next day, 24-year-old Rob Edwards was arrested and jailed. He was the boyfriend of the sister. Okay. News spread fast of his involvement, and a mob of over 2,000 white men attacked the county jail. A few men managed to gain entry and find Rob Edwards. They dragged Edwards from his cell, where they beat and shot him to death. They then proceeded to drag his body through the streets to the town square, where they hung his body from a telephone pole. But that wasn't all. 
They then shot at his hanging body until he was, quote, mangled into something hardly resembling a human form. Oh, my God. A couple weeks after May Crow was found, she passed away from her injuries. Wow, I can't believe she survived that long, to be quite honest with you. A month later, Ernest Knox and Oscar Daniel appeared in court for the rape and murder of May Crow. They were found guilty by the jury of all white people. Of course. In just over an hour. And were sentenced to death by hanging. So it was illegal for the town to watch an execution like this. Okay. So they did build some kind of like blinder over a fence so the town couldn't watch. And it was the only people that could watch were the victim's family. But that little guard rail or whatever was burned down. And some 5,000 people gathered to watch the teenagers be hanged. Holy shit. Charges were dismissed for Jane Daniels, Oscar's older sister, but it's widely believed that Ernest Knox, Oscar Daniels, and Rob Edwards were innocent of this crime. Following Edwards' lynching, white mobs known as Night Riders started going door-to-door across Forsyth County with torches and guns, burning down black businesses and churches, and demanding that all black citizens vacate the county in 24 hours or else they'd be killed. Oh my god. Those who resisted were subjected to further harassment, including shots fired into their homes or their livestock being killed. An estimated 98% of the black residents of Forsyth County left. In January 2021, a historical marker documenting the lynching of Rob Edwards was unveiled in downtown Cumming. To this day, less than 5% of Forsyth County's population is black. Wow. So that's the story about Oscarville. Wow, that's crazy. I did not know that. But Oscarville no longer exists because 34 years later, the building of Lake Lanier was approved and Congress appropriated $45 million to construct it. And Oscarville was one of those areas that would be flooded. But there was one problem. The area where they wanted to build the lake was occupied with thousands of people. Most of them were families that had been on that land for generations. The property owners were bought out of their land for nearly nothing, and several thousand people in entire communities were displaced. This is a quote from a historian named Lisa Russell. Quote, At first, the government assured landowners that they were being paid for the true value of the land and buildings, but residents found it hard to price generations of memories, hard work, and deep roots. A host of emotions accompanied the talk of relocation. Anger, resentment, fear, anxiety, bewilderment, and apprehension. To them, their land was priceless. Yeah, can't imagine. Eventually, some 700 families sold a total of 56,000 acres of land to the government, which built a dam on the Chattahoochee River to form the lake. Before they could fill the lake with water, the Army Corps of Engineers had to demolish or move anything that could be considered dangerous. Trees were uprooted and moved, barns or any type of structure that could float were burned to the ground, and the bodies and tombstones for the local cemeteries were relocated. But not all of them were moved. Many graves were overlooked, most being unmarked graves. While the Corps made every effort at the time to locate unmarked graves, their capabilities were limited and made it near impossible to be sure. It's guaranteed that bodies from centuries prior were left behind. 
whether from the Civil War period or of Native American origin from pre-colonial and ancient times. In 1956, when they began to fill the land with water, locals parked their cars along the roads and bridges to watch as their home and the history of the land vanished before their eyes. Whatever was abandoned was covered by the rising waters. I also heard that they would leave any tree as is if it would be 35 feet under the... Okay, I was wondering how many... Yeah. How much they left as a buffer. But, like, if there's a drought, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, lake lake levels fluctuate all the time. And especially down here, I mean, yeah, we've been in drought several times. Probably countless times since then, so... Yeah. It's just creepy to think that all that's down there. stuck out. I... Some things have. Like a church steeple or something. Yeah, I have read (gasps) that some people have heard church bells in the lake. Uh Uh-uh! But some people, like... Others have claimed that's impossible. They took down anything that would be dangerous. I don't know about that, but... I mean, if they leave a tree up, I feel like... Yeah, really? Fucking, like, yeah. I agree with you. I don't know. Mm. So now that they have this lake, they needed to name it. And even that process was contentious. Some local officials wanted to name it after Georgia politicians. Others sought to name it after a legendary football coach. Eventually, <laughs> they decided to name it after Sidney Lanier, an 18th century Georgia poet. Slash Confederate soldier who wrote the song of the Chattahoochee. Great. Great. <laughs> it's like, oh, we are a bunch of literary fans. We love poets. <laughs> Wait. Also, we love slavery. <laughs> also, we love com- the Confederacy. Bodies and unmarked graves aren't the only creepy things under the water. Whenever the lake has experienced a drought, many old structures and artifacts would resurface. Submerged roads old cars, an entire racetrack are still at the bottom of the lake. Wow, I didn't know that. But they have been seen during prolonged periods of drought. Yeah, there was a fucking, I forget the name of the racetrack, but a a racetrack. They took the bleachers out because they were like, they thought they would float away. Yeah, yeah. So for the sake of that, they did remove that, but what the hell? Yeah, that's crazy. The flooded structures, coupled with declining water levels, are presumed to be a major factor in the high number of deaths that occur yearly at Lake Lanier, catching swimmers and holding them under, or damaging boats with debris. But as I said, the deaths at Lake Lanier aren't always easily explained. While there are many instances of people drowning, there are also reports of boats randomly going up in flames, freak accidents, missing persons, and inexplicable tragedies. Some believe the region's dark past is responsible for these incidents. Legend asserts that the vengeful and restless spirits of those whose graves were flooded, many of whom were black or persecuted and driven out by violent white mobs, are behind the curse. The most popular legend surrounding Lake Lanier is called the Lady of the Lake. Have you heard of this? I feel like I probably did, but I don't remember anything about it. Here's the story. In 1958, two women, 23-year-old Delia May Parker Young and 37-year-old Susie Roberts, decided to go out dancing at a local roadhouse, but they never came home. What the hell's a roadhouse? 
like Texas a bar. Roadhouse. <laughs> I guess like a bar at the side of the road, right? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I guess I never really knew what a roadhouse was. I just knew the fucking like Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Susie picked up Delia and her 1954 blue Ford for a night out. Delia borrowed a blue dress just for the occasion. They decided to leave early, and on the way home, they stopped to get gas, but then they left without paying. So they were speeding off from the gas station, and as they were driving across the bridge over Lake Lanier, they lost control of their car, spiraling off the edge and crashing into dark waters below. Oh, God. That's terrifying. There were reportedly skid marks on the road near the bridge over Lake Lanier, indicating the car crossed the center line and went off the road. Police searched the water, but were unable to find the two women or the car. About 18 months later, a body that had floated up from the water was discovered by a fisherman under the Dawsonville Highway Bridge. Oh, God. The body could not be ID'd by dental records due to the body having dentures, but it was noted that the woman was missing two toes on the left foot and had no hands. The body was buried in an unmarked grave at Alta Vista. Over the years, Susie Roberts' family wondered what had happened to her. Had she run away with Delia, or did she get injured and have amnesia? Her husband, Frank, died in 1972, never knowing what happened to her. Oh, wow. Susie's son, James, said in a news article, quote, We believed she was in the lake, but then we heard reports that she may be in Chicago, and then we heard reports that she may be in Florida. We wondered if she survived but had amnesia and never knew where to go. But then, 32 years later, in November of 1990, workers doing construction on the bridge found a blue 1950s Ford sedan in the lake, and the car had a body inside. The 1958 license plate was identified as his mother's by James Roberts. A watch found on the body was also identified as Susie's. After finding Susie, they were able to identify the body found in 1959 as Delia Mae Parker Youngs. And how old was Delia? Delia was 23. And she had dentures? Yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe they didn't do implants at that time and she just fucked her fucking mouth up. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, girl. They did, however, they were able to identify Susie by dental records. She had she had normal teeth. That's why I assumed the older one was the one with dentures. But the thirty seven year old. Well, <laughs> yeah, I actually I've seen, having worked in the dental world, oh people God. that young with dentures, but twenty three kind of threw me. Who knows? Maybe like she lost her teeth somehow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, could have been anything. I have no idea. So they were able to then assume that the body they found in 1959 was Delia Mae Parker Youngs. She had left behind a husband and infant daughter who died in 1985 at the age of 28. Oh, man. Locals have reported multiple sightings of a woman on or around the bridge and near the lake shore. The woman was in a blue dress and was often seen wandering with her handless arms outstretched. Legend states that the figure was looking to drag unsuspecting lakegoers to the bottom maybe in an attempt to find her friend. Uh. Yeah. Another of the numerous apparitions to purportedly haunt Lake Lanier is that of a mysterious raft seen floating on the lake late at night. 
On the raft is a shadowy figure pushing its way through the water with a pole with a lantern lighting its way. Those who have made claims to have seen this figure say it seems to appear and disappear from out of nowhere. One such sighting was reported by two fishermen who claimed to have seen it at about 1 a.m. on a cold autumn night. The raft was spotted in a section of the lake that is known to be roughly 45 feet deep, yet the figure seemed to have no difficulty navigating the water with a pole to push him along. The two fishermen watched as the figure traveled along when suddenly the figure began shouting at the men and then jumped from the raft into the freezing water. Oh God. Afraid something was coming for them, the fishermen quickly pulled up their lines and prepared to leave the area. (sighs) But when they shined their lights across the water, there was no sign of the raft or the figure. The dark surface of the lake was calm and undisturbed, as if nothing large had ever disrupted them. Oh my God. Those who believe this tale to be true believe the mysterious figure was in fact an echo of the past. When men once traveled the shallow rivers and creeks along the foothills of northern Georgia, that have since been consumed by Lake Lanier. Who knows what these people actually saw, but it's worth noting that there have been at least 27 people who have died on the lake whose bodies have never been recovered. Wow. Over the years, divers have reported creepy sightings beneath the murky waters. Oh my god, that is the (laughs) biggest fucking fish. Is that a catfish? (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Some tell stories of freakishly huge catfish some as big as a Volkswagen. Yeah, it's getting there. Are catfish carnivores? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Because I've heard stories about a truck that was transporting live chickens that crashed off of the side of a bridge. This was like decades ago. It flipped into the lake, and when divers went to investigate, they saw a catfish eating the chicken's hole. <laughs> the chicken's hole. <laughs> Stop hearing, like, a single chicken's hole. The chicken's hole. <laughs> a whole ass chicken. Yeah. Eating whole chickens. Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> now I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. I don't know why I hear it that time. Let me see. Catfish. They're omnivorous, so, yeah. Oh, damn. Anything. Maybe they just, like, got amped. On those chickens. Yeah. Maybe that's where the missing bodies were. I mean, if there are catfish that big. Is this a picture from Lake Lanier? Yeah. Holy shit. You don't recognize this face as a man who might go to Lake Lanier? Or that face? You said, well, yeah. But you said you don't recognize this man's face. And immediately I was like, do I know that guy? Because... (laughs) (laughs) That's your cousin. <laughs> no, he looks similar to a dentist I used to work for who now actually works at Lake Lanier Islands of Adventure. What? No, his dental practice is in that area and it's called Lanier. What if it's him? I don't think that I don't think that's him, but maybe. I didn't mean anything by that. <laughs> I just meant the backwards hat. And the good old boy look. Yeah. Anyway. Which is weird because he's originally from Hawaii. (laughs) Oh, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. So these ghost stories may just be nothing more than a fun way to write off an otherwise tragic history filled with racist violence and an unsafe and poorly planned construction of a lake. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Historian Lisa Russell says, a haunting is sometimes defined as something that is difficult to ignore or forget, something that is poignant and evocative. The real haunting in this story is how history was, has made it possible to ignore what was done to the land in North Georgia. Once a land of wild rivers, North Georgia is now broken with dams and human-made bodies of water that changed the ecosystem. Once a land that belonged to indigenous people, it is now buried under the water, making recovering of a lost culture impossible. That's the end of my story. Wow. Yeah. There's just so much weird shit that happens at Lake Lanier, and I have two stories for you. Okay. One of them was from a patient of mine that when I worked at a dental office off of Buford Highway, which is right like two minutes from the lake Mm -hmm. he was a park ranger and he was a park ranger at lake lanier park Mm -hmm. and he's like this really tall old like gruff like typical like old park ranger that you would like think of Mm -hmm. well he walks in with like this cane and he's limping and he gets in the chair we start talking whatever and i think i asked him what happened to his leg i don't remember if he had like something on it or it for some reason i like knew that it something had happened recently mm-hmm. and he was like yeah well i'm a park ranger at lake lanier and i was on patrol i don't remember how long before this but it was relatively recently and he noticed a car that was there after hours and so he walked up to the car and he saw, I think it was a girl, a woman, in the car. She didn't look at him or anything. He was, like, knocking on the window. She would not, like, acknowledge his existence. Oh, my God. Oh, creepy. She fucking pulled out a gun, shot herself. She was in the driver's seat, shot herself on the right side of the head. The bullet went through her head and into his leg. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is so wild. I know. Ow. I know. And also traumatizing. Yes. And creepy as fuck. So she died. Yeah, she's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely dead. Well, then, like, I'm sure her blood got into his body, which is kind of disgusting. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? I know. I'd never heard of that. I know. I know, and I looked it up. And there was, like, a news article about it, too, at that time. So that was story number one. (laughs) The second one is a coworker of mine. This was, like, maybe a year ago or something. There was this lady, she said. She was at a beach there, like, with her boyfriend. They were, like, just having drinks, hanging out on the beach one day. And there was this lady that was just acting really weird. And, like, she was with, like, her teenage son or something like that. And... She was acting like she was on something or she just said she was acting totally off. And eventually the lady leaves her son and gets in the water on this like floaty thing. And her son is like yelling at her to come back because I don't know, maybe he was like, you're too fucked up to do this or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And she just kept floating out like forever and ever. My coworker said that... Eventually, I guess police ended up coming to the beach. Maybe her son had called the police or something like that. And then they like questioned her and she was like, yeah, she was acting really weird. You know, I don't know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, 
I don't know if it was the next day. This is where it gets fuzzy. I can't remember what she said. But eventually she found out that this woman turned up drowned on the shore somewhere at the lake. Oh, my God. So they didn't, like, go in after her with a boat or anything? I'm like, not sure what oh happened God. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they probably did try to find her, but I don't know how she... I don't know. And either... In any case, she died. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know how she went undetected there, but... I have a few little stories of things that have just happened recently. Because there have been, like, just back-to-back-to-back deaths recently. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, yeah. A 61-year-old man was found in 46 feet of water in Lake Lanier after swimming from a boat when he went down and did not resurface. He was identified as Tracy Stewart... That evening, another man, a 27-year-old man, was swimming from a boat when he went under and did not resurface. That search, at this point of this article I'm reading, was ongoing, but I believe they did find him also very deep under the water. Another man, this was also very recently, he was 24 years old, drowned, and was possibly electrocuted. I heard that one. After... He entered the water and was screaming, heard screaming for help. Someone jumped in mm-hmm. after him and felt like a burning sensation. Oh, and that's God. kind of like how they realized that it may have been some kind of like electrical current or something in yeah. the water. Wasn't he near, you said he was near a dock? I think, yeah, he was near a dock. Yeah. And he jumped off the dock. Oh my God. Um, but they were able to get him to a hospital, but he passed away. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if maybe that's what happened to that lady as she slipped off the the raft or like floaty she was on Mm -hmm. and she was so fucked up she couldn't get back up to the top and that's why they couldn't find her or something yeah it's the only thing i can think of but there was also another man recently who just jumped off a dock and or no he fell off a dock and he just didn't come back up how and this happened like what there was another thing that happened like 2014 i think it was usher had a stepson who died in Lake Lanier. Oh my God. He, I think they were like out on the lake as a family on a boat and his son was in the water. And, um, one of their friends was on a jet ski driving recklessly and ran into the little boy. Oh my God. That's horrible. And he drowned and he was actually charged with murder. How old was he when he died? Oh God. Um, he was 11 years old. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, I know. Oh, my God. There was yeah. also another story of a boat that exploded at Margaritaville or something. Oh, my God. And the family <laughs> was, like, severely burned. I'm not laughing because it's funny. That's just crazy. It's just, like, yeah, it's just so absurd much. how much is, yeah. Literally, like, every other day I see another thing about yeah. it. It's weird. I, I think it's more than normal right now. Yeah. So. That's strange. Man, that's yeah, that's good. That was a good topic. <laughs> well, I just have a few sources I wanted to shout out. Okay. I got my information from Wikipedia. Also, a article on CNN.com called Lake Lanier, A Georgia Lake's Deadly History Has Some People Seen Ghosts by Faith Karimi. Another article called The Twisted History of Lake Lanier, The Haunted Georgia Reservoir with a Racist Past by Austin Harvey. Another article called Oscarville, The Black Town Underneath Lake Lanier, which was on 11alive.com. And the author was Latasha Givens, Michaela Richards, and Daris Schneider Bray. And then I also found a 
I guess it's like a blog. It was called Southern Gothic, which is actually a podcast, but they had like blogged out an episode that they had and it was all about the curse of Lake Lanier. Hmm. That's it. Very good. We should do more haunting stuff, mm-hmm. especially now that it's getting to be spooky season. Yeah, but it's also just like there's so much mystery and like where are these missing people and there's more like there is more i left out. oh yeah there have been murders there have been all sorts of crazy shit oh my god um, but uh, it's a mini so yeah you know you got what you got yeah we i like wanna... hearing about local story local lore and i know most of that actually so yeah it's really sad it's super sad Bam. let's take a break let's do it and then we'll get to yours Alrighty. okay bye be back soon hello we're We're, back we're back did you miss us (laughs) you don't have to say anything (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) this is probably the lamest (laughs) way to come back ever anyways (laughs) um so i have a story for you guys as usual on our mini episodes it's very short but this is a really intriguing one that I've wanted to talk about for a while, but there's just not enough information to do a whole episode. So, um, and it's actually kind of popular. So I'm wondering if you've heard of it before. Hmm. You may have. There's like video footage that was really that made, kind of made it popular. So, okay. anyway, yeah. So I'm going to talk to you about Lars Mitank. I don't know what that is. Okay, it's a person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a German person. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what I don't know what that is. <laughs> So Lars Mittank was born on February 9th, 1986. Oh, since our age. Yep. In Berlin, Germany. I want to go to Berlin so bad. I do too, actually. Like, really bad. There's a fuck ton of places I really want to go, though. Anyway, just a disclaimer. I'm going to fuck up every pronunciation of everything in this story. Because this takes place in... Actually, it takes place in Bulgaria. But he's from Germany. So, anyway. Okay. So he grew up in Itzho, Schleswig-Holstein, and lived there for his entire life. He worked at a power plant, and he had friends and a girlfriend. He visited his parents frequently, and then after his father suffered a stroke, he often helped at his parents' home after work. And everybody that knew him just said he is a completely, just a normal guy. Just normal. Just a dude. So, on June 30th, 2014, Lars was 28, and he went with five of his friends to Varna, Bulgaria. It was actually his first time outside of Germany, ever. Okay. They went to a resort called the Golden Sands, which was just outside of the city of Varna. One of his friends, Paul Roman, said that, you know, the week went by really fast. We went to the beach, swam in the pool, played football, went clubbing... And he said Lars was relaxed and he was in a good mood. Another friend, Tim Schult, said that Lars did not eat much and that he would only have a small bowl of soup or a small salad at a time. But otherwise, his friends reported no additional abnormal behavior by Lars until the final part of the trip. Hmm. On July 6th, 2014, the day before they were supposed to go home, Lars and his friends were at a bar in town, and Lars actually got into a fight with some other Germans over football, which in this case, obviously, we're talking about soccer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Lars was a fan of the football club Werder Bremen, and he was fighting with fans of Bayern Munich. (laughs) Never heard of these football clubs, but (laughs) he then left his friends outside a restaurant or he got separated from his friends outside a restaurant after leaving the bar and then disappeared for the rest of the night. He ended up turning up at the resort the next morning and told his friends that he was beaten up by four men hired by the group in the bar who he had the fight with the night before. The fight resulted in Lars suffering a jaw injury and a ruptured eardrum. Oh my God. Yeah. So he actually went and saw a doctor and the doctor told him not to fly because of his, I guess probably because of the eardrum. And then they gave him an antibiotic called Cefprazil. Have you ever flown while you had like fluid in your ears or were sick or anything? No. Same fucking trip, the Toronto trip, like <laughs> the one with the farter on the plane. <laughs> I got sick, and I'm honestly wondering if maybe I had COVID at that time because that was 2019, the end of 2019. Oh, yeah. And I was like deathly ill, and I was trying to like make it through this. It was a, for a conference for work. Oh, my God. And was it in like the wind? Wait. It was fall, uh, oh. end of September, I think. Okay. I don't know. It could have been something totally different but when we were descending into atlanta i literally was begging whatever the universe just let my eardrums burst it hurt so bad oh my god the pressure was so horrible that i was praying for my eardrums to burst but anyway so that's why i think that's probably why they advised him not to fly because it's yeah. probably not a good idea <laughs> just the pressure changes but well, yeah anyway. i mean i've had my ears not pop yeah like, that's just bad like, too refuses to pop and that on its own it's like that but like times a thousand oh like my God. it felt like they were going to burst but they wouldn't burst oh, i was in so much pain dude it hurt so bad anyone else that's had that happen to them you know <laughs> that sounds bad But anyways, so he was prescribed an antibiotic and since he couldn't fly, that means his friends were, you know, going to have to leave without him. And his friends wanted to stay with him, but Lars insisted that he was fine on his own and told them to go ahead and go home on the 7th and they ended up leaving. So Lars checked out of the resort at the same time as his friends and then checked into a different hotel in Varna for one night. The hotel was really cheap and it was close to the airport, so he would be right there for whenever he was ready to go. A day after his friends left, he began to act paranoid. So while he was at that hotel, he called his mom, Sandra, and he was whispering to her on the phone. And he said, he told her that people were trying to kill or rob him. And he told his mom to cancel his credit cards. Yeah. The CCTV security cameras in the hotel recorded him pacing up and down the halls, looking out windows and hiding in an elevator. Uh, like real Elisa Lamb yes, vibes. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> that is not good. Super weird. And then at 1 a.m. he had left the hotel and then returned like an hour later. And it's not known what he did in that time period. But in the morning, he called his mom again and told her that 
the people that were pursuing him were getting closer. So Lars was last seen at the Varna airport on July 8th, 2014, the day he was hoping to fly home to Germany. He texted his mom that he had arrived at the airport and then he went to, I didn't know this was a thing, but I, I mean, I guess obviously this is a thing. He went to the airport doctor. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I didn't realize I mean, there was I, a doctor at the airport. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But the doctor was Dr. Kostov. He later described his behavior in this consult as, quote, nervous and erratic. According to Dr. Kostov, he told Lars that he was fine and he could return home no problem. But Lars refused to leave his office and expressed doubt about the medication that he was taking, which was an antibiotic. At that time, a construction worker actually entered the office. The airport was undergoing renovation at the time. And then Dr. Kostov said that Lars began to shake. And he yelled, quote, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here. Then he got up and ran out of the office. He left all his luggage, which included his wallet, cell phone, and passport. He was captured by airport security cameras running out of the terminal. And once he was outside, he can be seen on the footage jogging away from the airport, climbing a fence, running into a meadow, and sprinting off camera in the direction of an adjacent forest near Bulgarian National Highway A2. What the fuck? That is his last confirmed whereabouts. What the fuck? I know. Hey, wait. So he's in this airport. He's German. Yes. It's a Bulgarian airport. Correct. So do they have like doctors and people that can speak German or does he know English or what's happening? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because it, the, I mean, well, the doctor's name kind of sounds Russian, but I'm not sure what Bulgarian names are like. (laughs) So. I mean, I think most people in Europe do learn English. Yeah. And maybe that's... It could be that they, yeah, communicated in English. I'm not sure. It just doesn't matter. It's just yeah, I think something I thought of. Yeah. But yeah, I have a video for you. It doesn't have any sound, so... Yeah, so I just showed Ashley. It's the CCTV footage of him running out of the airport, basically. He's, like, in a full-out sprint in the beginning, but then he kind of, like, starts jogging, and then you just see him fucking go off into the wilderness, basically. It's so weird. Very weird. And it's it's super, like, the juxtaposition of him, like, walking into the airport normally with his luggage. Yeah. Versus him just running out. Without it. It's weird. Yeah, so that's the last time anyone has ever seen Lars. And there's no definitive agreement, like, among experts, family members, the general public as to the causes of his behavior and, like, to what extent his paranoia was rooted in reality. Lars's mom, as well as some Bulgarian and German doctors, have suspected that his unusual behavior was a result of a rare side effect from the antibiotic he was prescribed. Mm. I don't buy that. It's called Cefprazil. It's a cephalosporin, which those types of drugs have also been known to induce psychotic side effects, including hallucinations and paranoia. But according to Dr. Kostov, he says that Lars had not been taking his medication. He said he didn't even fill the prescription. Could it be that he had a head injury from being beat up? That is my theory. Was he actually beat up, though? 
Yeah, because he had, a like, his jaw was fucked up and his eardrum was burst. Okay. Yeah. So he had injuries from something, whether he actually got into a fight or something else, I don't know, because nobody witnessed it besides whoever he was with, but none of his friends were there. Where could he be? I don't know. He <gasps> ran off into fucking the woods. How or has like... he never been seen again? I... That was 2014? 2014. And he's never been seen again and they haven't found him? Well... So there are some people that have reported like sightings, but it's kind of like with anybody that disappears. It's like you see this person that could be them or, you know, whatever. And then I don't know. So but hang on, let me get to that part. So Dr. Kostov said, I can't think of a single reason why he left my office in such a panic. I'm still confused. His mom also said that he had no history of mental illness but, you know, can't bar the possibility that a mental breakdown caused by an undiagnosed mental illness maybe could be a possible explanation. Yeah, what, how old was he? Um, at that time, he was 28. Yeah, I have heard that people do yeah. exhibit signs of schizophrenia or things like that Yeah. later in life. To me, like a TBI, like a traumatic brain injury, would be the explanation because he was acting normal before he got in a fight besides eating weirdly i mean (laughs) i agree with you but what are the symptoms of a traumatic brain injury you know confusion um, i mean confusion can definitely display as paranoia i'm sure also football players who get traumatic brain injuries go on to become suicidal or homicidal. homicidal aaron Hernandez or Rodriguez? Wait. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. I okay. Do. <laughs> but yeah, in the first episode we ever did, I talked about Johnny Lewis, who did potentially have a traumatic brain yeah. injury. And he yes. did show weird yeah. signs. Like I remember this. that. Because, I mean, I've had, I've said this in the first episode, I've had donors that had head injuries. Obviously, we don't know if Lars is dead or not, but it'll be, you know, somebody will fall down the stairs or hit their head on something or whatever. And then they'll start to be confused. And I remember I had that one donor that went back to the hospital because he was, he had gotten in a car accident or something like three days before and came back to the hospital because he had just been confused over the last few days. And then he was admitted to the hospital for like further tests or something. And then he jumped out the window and died. Oh my god. Like, That's what so the fuck? crazy and sad. I know. This is why my son will never play American football. No way. No chance. Uh, so, anyway. So yeah, it's unknown what happened to Lars after he ran out of the airport. But his mom ended up hiring a private investigator. He checked hospital records for patients without identification found nothing lars had experience in hunting fishing and trapping but there's also skepticism about whether he would have been able to survive for long outdoors due to the intense heat in the summers and the lack of food his mom still thinks that he's alive maybe she thinks that he lost his memory and then like i was saying earlier about a year after he disappeared a truck driver thought that he saw him hitchhiking in varna and there have actually been multiple reported sightings of him in several other countries, but none of them have been confirmed. 
In 2019, a German truck driver gave a hitchhiker a ride from Dresden to Schildau in Brandenburg, Germany. And the driver became aware of Lars's case later and then said, oh, the man that was with him looked like Lars. It, he said it resembled an older version of him. He said that he had long hair and a beard and his eyes seemed tired and his cheekbones were prominent, but he looked like Lars. So there have been several sightings, but obviously nothing's been confirmed. And then Lars has been described as, quote, the most famous missing person on YouTube. Actually, part one of my sources is Mr. Ballin. He did a video on this. Oh, I love Mr. Ballin. Yeah, so... By May 2018, less than four years after his disappearance, the security footage of him in the airport had been viewed more than 16 million times. So, but well, the, it still remains unsolved and no one knows where he is. That's so wild. I know, right? Where is he? What is he doing? I, I feel like he's still alive. I do too, kind of. Like, if he does have that experience, like, with outdoors and stuff, maybe he is still alive. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he is because I think it would be easier to find a dead body than a moving target. Mm-hmm. And for sure. But I don't know what extent they searched for him. It's kind of nuts that no one like followed him, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like why didn't anyone like a security guard from yeah. the from the like airport? Like is this guy okay? What's going on? Like, like this guy's f- running through an airport. I feel like if I were the doctor and the guy just like said I don't want to die here, I need to leave or whatever the fuck he said. Would try and find them. If he bolted out of my office, I would have at least gone out of the office and said, "Follow this guy." Yeah. Like he needs help. Yes. But he didn't do that. So there are also theories that the doctor, like, kind of may may have done something. I don't know, like, in a visit or. But he was still. I don't. I don't really buy that because he was still exhibiting symptoms of paranoia and stuff before he saw him but i don't know man it's super weird some people think that maybe he was a drug mule or something and like what people were actually after him like he was saying people were like coming for him but what i don't understand is why he told his mom to cancel his credit cards that to me screams paranoia yeah just unreasonable paranoia like something they don't want to be tracked. Yes. I don't know. Wait, yeah, don't maybe. Know. Maybe. May, you know what? Maybe he was like, I'm I'm going off the grid. And he was, it was all an act. Get his mom to cancel his credit card. I don't Mallory, know. are we ever going to know what happened to him? I don't know. Unless they find his body, probably not. I. Unless he shows up in society again. His poor mom. I know. It's awful. Uh, your completely normal son goes insane. Goes on, on a, a trip for the trip first to time. First time he leaves the fucking country. Which is really wild considering in he Europe. lives in Europe. I know. You it know? is really wild. Like, is that something to be concerned about? Well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know, like, you know, I mean, they didn't have big. money or, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure what their income level was, but. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know if it's common in Germany either, but. Oh, my God. Yeah, super weird. So nice. Wow, Mallory, I hate that. <laughs> Sorry. So now I got to go to Bulgaria. Bulgaria. And I got to look for him. Yeah. 
Also, did you know that <laughs> that TikTok video with the heads in the toilet and the song goes skibbity oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy that wrote that song is Bulgarian. <laughs> yeah. I just found that out today. <laughs> who who made that video? I don't know. Because it was fucking weird. It feels like something that we would love. It's almost like a um, fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's almost like the viral vacuum thing, but like different. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like weird. that, but like more intentional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Not as just <laughs> innocently <laughs> fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, that's all I got for you. Wow, I really hate that because I really want to know what happened. I know. Where are you, Franz? Lars. Lars. (laughs) Franz? Where did Franz come from? (laughs) Sorry. Where are you, Lars? Where are you, Lars? Lars? Well. There you have it. Another mini episode. Another min. Mini. Another mid mini. In the books. Mallory is has a really great story for us. <laughs> I sure do. Next time. So yeah, um, please. We've we've been getting. I feel like since you said last time we have been in a review drought, we've gotten more reviews. Well, Spotify reviews. Spotify, yeah, Spotify. Spotify. Lazy. No, please keep keep them coming. Keep them coming. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you guys. We really do. And. We have seen an uptick in followers on Spotify. So thank you guys for being interested in us. Yeah. That's awesome. We don't deserve it. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. We do. But it just feels weird. Loud. All right. All right. That's it. (laughs) That's it. And that's all, man. That's it. And that's all. This is for free. It's for free. Good night. I'm going to have to heavily edit this (laughs) ending here. (laughs) You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on... That's it, I think. Yeah, our Twitter is dead. At Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. Or join our Facebook group at Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. Yeah, it's just called Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. Yeah. Email us, rabbitholehappyhour at gmail.com. Yep, we're, we're happy to respond. We are. We're very happy to. Also, we're very tired. Uh, I'm tired as hell. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>